This just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sam Productions production. Welcome to the Autism Warriors Podcast, Episode 22, Insights from an Autistic with Armin Korai. Website is AutismWarriors.com. Our email is feedback at SayItProductions.com. Our Twitter is SayItProds. Our Facebook is Facebook.com backslash AutismWarriors and Facebook.com backslash SayItProductions. As always, our voicemail is 813-915-6390. We also can be found on iTunes. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. We're here live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern at sayitproductions.com backslash live. We respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or medications. My name is Erica Plord. I'm mother to two children on the spectrum, Cassidy 9 and Garrett 7. I'd like to introduce my co-host, Pam Lamari. How are you, Pam? Hanging in there. That's about it. I'm here. You know if I have to escape, if okay. I have to make a, a jaunt, you know why. Well, we know so, when you, you'll have an Audi moment, maybe. Yeah, I'll be zooming in another direction, but I'm sure you can carry on if you have to, so... My name is Pam Mari. I'm pleased to be here with Erica. I am the mom to Joey, who is 13 years of age, and he, too, is on the autism spectrum. We did have one comment on our um, webpage. Uh, It was from Tammy P. Cox. She said, great interview. I guess she listened to the Zoe Roberts interview, and she said she enjoyed hearing from Zoe. Great. I'm sure Zoe will be be glad to hear. Glad Zoe, to hear that. Zoe will be touched. Um, I did have a couple resources available, and one of which is a blog at heartsthatfeel.com. And it is a blog. Um, it's a wo- young lady who has autism. Um, it was a link that was shared on the Autism Warriors Facebook community page by Tara Washburn, and she'll be our guest on our next show. But you could check out her blog at heartsthatfeel.com. And I also found tomorrow there's a uh, free online webinar. It's Autism Fitness, Making Physical Activity Fun for Anybody. And it's a free webinar, and it could be found at Oh, what's it called? MomsFightingAutism.com backslash conference. And that'll be in the show notes. Uh, let's see. It's Eric Chesson, Master of Science and YCS. I don't know what that means. Is an exercise physiologist and the founder of Autism Fitness. In addition to working with his young athletes on autism spectrum, Eric consults with educational and therapeutic programs around the world. He presents workshops and his own autism fitness initiative seminars for parents, educators, and professionals seeking to optimize the health and development 
of individuals with special needs. He lives in New York and can be contacted via his site, autismfitness.com. So that's another resource there, autismfitness.com. Um, also, there's all sorts of useful webinars up for purchase. Some are free. Others you can purchase for a dollar. And there's practical advice. It's momsfightingautism.com. Tonight, our guest is Mr. Armin Kodai, a young man on the autism spectrum who is an autism public speaker, blogger, novelist, talk radio show host, and YouTube video creator. Hello, Armin. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well. Um, could you tell us about yourself when you were diagnosed with autism and how does it affect your life now? Well, um, I, w- I was told about autism in the sixth grade. That's when my mom first told me about it. And, and, uh, and so in the sixth grade, uh, I didn't quite understand what my mom was talking about with autism. And then I, and then she had me read an article. Don't ask me what article it was. It was just an article that kind of, you know, went through the basics of autism. I think it was maybe something even put out by the autism side of America. And I read that article and so much of it rang true for me. And some of the things I didn't, I wasn't aware at the time too, but I did like a repeat myself over and over again. And I had to become more aware of when I was saying something over again, or I, I had the same catchphrases and I, I spoke in a monotone speech. I mean, I'm talking about the things that I wasn't even aware of, but there are a lot of things I was aware of, like the stimming and, and just a uh, desire to kind of be left alone. Actually, not kind of, actually desire to totally be left alone. I really, I had really just avoided contact with other people. It just really ate up my energy. I just wanted to be doing my own thing. And, uh, and just be in my own world. And so having that diagnosis has really empowered me. And I, through middle and high school, as my mom got more and more on my case about my autism, she got more and more worried and concerned and she was crying her head off and it was very uh, stressful for her. And I really pushed myself as a result of that. And so I, I really, you know, sought to really understand autism as much as I could and to overcome a lot of the obstacles, which were mostly social obstacles and, or, well, they weren't really so much, well, they were obstacles for me to overcome, but some of the things there weren't, I didn't even want to overcome, uh, you know, like talking to people and, and, uh, and, and feeling empathetic towards people. I actually was a very selfish uh, unempathetic person, actually, and actually, I've only recently even began to become more empathetic, uh, like within the last couple of years, and I I had to really push myself outside my box, like severely push myself outside the box. I felt very unnatural. It was very hard. It was um, extremely challenging, and but today. I have really come very far, and I, I and I believe that instead of autism controlling me, I control my autism. Oh, that's great. Now, what prompted you to create your YouTube videos, Insights from an Autistic? Well, the first video I posted was in 2008, and it really, though, 
it begins with a short story or a short essay I wrote in 2003. And in 2003, I was in 11th grade, and I wrote an essay about my transition from autism to to um, understanding it and everything like that. The essay was really good, and the teacher loved it. Everyone that read it loved the essay, and someone even suggested that I should turn the essay into a book. So I started to work on a book, and I then put it aside. I wasn't ready to write that book just yet. And then in 2006, I began working on, on my, my memoir, Boy in Wonderland. And uh, within a couple of years, 2008, someone approached me and suggested I should start a support group for, for autism. And, and from there uh, also came the idea of doing my YouTube series. And so it just kind of happened naturally, like, like with my essay, it did this kind of, it was like a writing assignment for class. Uh, someone approached me for for doing the the groups and uh, uh, video blog was just an extension of that. I almost have four videos like, now. Oh wow! And um, it sounds like a natural progression to things is how it happened. Right. Yeah, it was a natural progression. Yeah. Now, um, could you tell us some examples of your topics? on videos you cover or your topics you cover on right. videos? Well, I have almost 400 videos and so I've covered almost every topic. I've talked about diet, um, you know, stimming, eye contact, dating, uh, how to make friends. All I, I talked I have videos for parents uh, and I have videos for for you know, individuals of autism, I have videos for parents, you know, saying how to tell your child that they have autism, and I, I've covered, I believe, almost every single topic. Every now and then, someone will say, "Why don't? How do you do this topic?" So every there is like maybe one or two topics that I haven't covered, but with over with almost 400 videos, I've practically have covered every topic imaginable. Erica. Uh -huh. Um, the, the reason I wrote the follow-up to the question you just asked is because the uh, the first video I saw of Armand's was the one where, Armand, where you tell the story about probably in very young grade school about you needing to go to the bathroom after right, the right, right, right. Yeah, after yeah, yeah, that, you know, the that, teacher had right. said, oh, you only get to go two times or whatever. And if you could give us a brief synopsis of that, it, sure. it shows – it'll show – uh, our listeners, why it's so great to listen to his his videos because right. he explains to you how he perceived, how he understood the teacher's directions, and how he acted upon that based on that, how he took it when really that's probably not what she meant at all, but still that's how he perceived it. Could you could you give yeah. us a little encapsulated yeah. version okay. of that? So I really do go. Actually, some of the, some of my videos really get very personal. Like I've talked about potty problems and um, and you know even sexuality and things related to that. So I I, I really talk, touch every subject in my videos. Um, yeah, with the with the potty problems video, it was in the fourth and the fifth grade. The the thing is is that. I knew it was wrong to to pee my pants, but you know there wasn't a school rule that said you know you can't pee your pants. The teacher said that 
it was a rule that you could only use the bathroom at designated times, like, you know, like during lunch or when they when when they decide you could use the restroom. And I, I believe now, looking back, that the rule was created because there were probably a couple of kids, you know, maybe just one or two, who always asked to use the restroom, maybe to get out of class or something. But for me. The teachers, you know, made this rule and she announced it to the class on a couple of occasions, you know, uh, several occasions, you know, that you have to, at, you know, you can't, you know, it's when you go to middle school that, you know, you'll be able to use the restroom less. And so you can't ask me to use the restroom. You can only use the restroom at designated times. And that, that was like the teacher's rule. And here's the thing is that the teacher's rule supersedes every other rule. That's what my mom taught me. So if the teacher says to do this. You ignore every other rule. So there would be times where my bladder would be hurting and I couldn't concentrate and the pain was really intense and I knew I couldn't ask the teacher to use the restroom. And so I would pee my pants because she said you have to uh, ask to use the restroom. And so, yeah, I talk about everything in my videos. So Armand, and I won't make him go on about this too long, Erica, but would you say that, that you interpreted that literally? I mean, your mom had said the teacher's rule is the teacher's rule, and that's it. Plain and simple, flat out. Right. And even right. though your physical need was so great, would you say that because of the autism, you, you took that rule so literally that that's why you didn't raise your hand and say, I got to go anyway, you know? Yeah, the rules, the, the rules, the rule. You, you can't break the rule. And she says you can't ask, then asking would be breaking the rule, and, and you just don't break the rules. So, yeah, I took it literally. Uh, I could imagine, yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. You took it literally, and you were like, okay, I can only use the bathroom so many times, and if I ask again, they're well, going to say... Well, no, I can't ask. I couldn't ask. Oh, because they only had designated times. Right. Asking would be breaking the rule, and I, I was, I did not break rules. I, I followed the teacher's instruction, you know, perfectly. Wow. Now, what is your goal in creating these videos? My goal in creating these videos? Okay, well, like I said, in 2008, I just started to make them. Um, I was working on my book at the time, so I, I think I was just trying to give more more insight for people, you know, just to kind of like introduce myself, put myself out there. And then, you know, I, I start to put more videos out. And later that year, I, I start to do more of it. And really, the it, it's going to sound kind of what happened, actually, why, why I started to put out more videos. I wasn't, I was maybe putting out like a video once a month. And... Now I put out a video, you know, every day or a couple of days, and but and to later that year I had I had my first you know um, serious relationship and my girlfriend she broke up with me, and I wanted to kind of show her because I knew she'd watch my videos. I kind of wanted to show her that that I was strong and that I can move on without her. And I was maybe trying to make her jealous or something, so I started to put out more and more videos. And then as time went on, you know, I just became more uh, involved in my videos. I kind of absorbed, I, I became more absorbed of it, kind of obsessed. Kind of became like an obsession for me. And I just, 
and so I was going to put out more videos and then, then it became a video every week and it became like a video every single day and it's just something that like I just you know it grow it grew and grew and grew wow so you also have a blog and a website entitled empoweringautism.com who visits your website and how do you hope to help those that read your blog and frequent your website? Uh, I'm not 100% certain who visits my website, but I, I think a lot of parents and uh, a lot of people with autism, I know a lot of people with autism also visit my website. I, to be honest, I really don't like the name of my website because uh, I, I, I want my website to be more than just about autism because I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. Well, plus you're more than just autism, right? So, so I want I'm trying to still figure out a name for my for my website. So that's kind of like a temporary title. Uh, it used to be my name, but people I, I got complaints that my name was too hard to spell and it was hard to find my website. So I I made it something simple like empoweringautism.com, and and so what what was your second part of the question? Um. How do you hope to help those that read your blog and frequent your website? Oh, okay, right, right. Well, the my hope is is that they just come to the people who who frequent my website that they have some sort of understanding, something that they can walk away with and apply to their everyday life. And I don't know what that is. That's why I write all these different blog entries. So I try to you know touch upon different uh, subjects in different areas, and hopefully. I, I hit that one nerve that changes their life. Yeah. Um, that's great. I mean, you even if you touch one person, it, it's a wonderful thing. Um, we saw that you also have done some public speaking engagements. And what type of audiences do you speak to and what is your message? Well, I have primarily spoken to uh, people involved with autism. But I can do public speaking on more than just autism, but that's what I've been asked to do. I have done, I think, about 50 speaking engagements now. I've, my biggest audience, not my biggest, but the one that I've most commonly spoken to has been teachers. I've spoken at a lot of schools, and but I've spoken to parents at, like at conferences, and I've spoken to um, people with autism. I've obviously spoken to parents. And so that's been my, my audience. So my message that, that I have, I'm trying to give people insight from my perspective. And maybe, you know, my experiences will be something that they have had similar. Like maybe if they're uh, someone of autism, they might have a similar experience. And hopefully that understanding will empower them in some way for a parent that they will be able to understand and connect with their child better. Or for the teachers, you know, it's, it's about also for the teachers understanding their students better, connecting with their students better, and helping that, that student realize their potential and goals. So that's, that's what I hope to achieve when I do my public speaking engagements. Wow. Well, that sounds great. You're definitely a great advocate um, for autism. Um, you also produce a blog talk radio show. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I've actually moved that to my YouTube, and I ha I'm going to do another interview tomorrow. And the reason why I've moved it is because 
Blog Talk Radio is kind of ridiculous. Like you have to pay money to have shows at a certain time, and I and I and I think they're kind of messed up that way. Because YouTube, you can post up whenever you want, as many times as you want, and so I, I like YouTube a lot better. So I, I I do my interview and then I post it up on YouTube now, and so I've only it's called the language of autism. And so I'm keeping up my original interviews that I've had on Block Talk Radio still there, but now I've done two interviews and I'm doing the third one tomorrow. And I interview people with autism. And and so my goal, what I'm trying to achieve, why I call it the language of autism, is because I want to show the you know the stories and the experiences of everyone on autism. I want to show that autism isn't defined by one person I want to show I want everybody to see autism from from the from various perspectives of autism and it's actually my hope you know within a year or two to also make an anthology by the same name where I get maybe some of the people have been on my show to write an essay or a short story and we'll have that called the language of autism because I want to get out an anthology uh, from people with autism so that's that's what I do there. Awesome. Um, lastly, but certainly not least, please tell us about. Whoops, I'm sorry. Would you please tell our listeners about your ASD empowerment group and adult support group? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all empowerment groups. I used to call them support groups, but I really hate that term, support group. I don't support anybody there. I help empower them so that they can support themselves. So that, that's the goal is empowerment. And I used to have a group for families, but the attendance just wasn't going up. And it was, it was kind of a small group, and I, that was the group I started three years ago in 2008. Mm-hmm. But everybody loved it. They're like, it was very different, you know, and there wasn't any complaining. You know, it was a very different sort of environment, parents were telling me. And it was great having me running the group. But, and, and they liked it, but I, uh, 2009, late 2009, I started up my my adult group for 18 and 30, uh, and then I have now a group for 30 and over as well. And awesome. and that group is just growing and growing. Uh, I have you know a new person or two showing up at every meeting that I hold, so more and more people are showing up. It's growing, and so that's where I've, I realized that I'm really connecting with the. Uh, people on the autism spectrum that are my age. So I realized that's where I really should focus my, my energy towards. And so I've been I've been running groups for three years, but the other group I've been running for a little over a year and a half now, the one for adults. And that's a really good group and uh, very successful. And a lot of people are, we do a lot of great things. We, we do field trips to different places like art museums, uh, maybe even the mall, the movies. Um, we, we have, we try to do social things. Uh, it's really, there's a big emphasis on socializing and getting to know each other in the group. And we do, we have a lot of fun. And Sounds like it. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, we made, we've, 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 we've like launched bottle rockets, made root beer floats. Um, and it's, it's a great group 
It's a really great group. I love. I I, I really like the people who uh, who come to that group too. So you're definitely empowering people. I hope so. Empowering people to socialize and all that and all that stuff, and and that's a great thing. That really is. And lastly, but certainly not least, could you please tell us about your book, A Boy in Wonderland? Uh, yes, A Boy in Wonderland. So right now, that book is in the hands of an agent who hasn't read it yet. I, I think people should start knocking on this agent store, like read Armand's book. Now, here's the thing. People, my YouTube videos and my blog, I at most I probably spend an hour, at most, an hour on each entry or YouTube video that I make. My my book, I I started writing in 2006, technically in 2003, but I kind of abandoned that. And maybe there's maybe a little bit from that when I first started writing it, but I was in school at the time, and the school kind of put me in a certain mindset for writing, and I had to kind of detach myself from that. So I spent five years working on this book. And in the seventh grade, my goal was to become a writer when I grew up. And I took six creative writing classes, oh, and wow. I read a lot of books on writing. And and the reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of people, you know, they go into to I've had people read my book too, and a lot of people have the, um, you know, a lot. Some people write books with autism, you know, they they never intended to be a writer. So you read these books and they're kind of like average. And my book, I've spent on average per each page a week per page. And, oh, wow. and it's it's a really, really good book. Like one person was – I had a parent who also runs a group, and she very hesitantly read my book. She she was – and I could see, you know, she was – she really didn't want to read the book. She even told me she didn't want to read my book, but she was really impressed by it. And she says, this is the book I would want to read. And I had another person read my book. And and they uh, were putting it on a conference, and they wanted me to actually print out my paper and, comp- and, 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 and printer paper and sell it as is. And they were actually begging me to do that, and I had to tell them I couldn't do that because I, I, I'm not going to sell it until I have a, a publisher look at it and make sure that the publisher is happy with the way it is. And so the person was begging me to sell oh, my wow. book. And so I know I have a really good book. I, I like my book. And uh, so you're not getting just a book by someone of autism. You're getting a book by someone of autism who has really pushed to become a great writer and has really taken the time and effort to really put out a great product. And so the book is about my journey through autism. And you, the reader goes through from when I'm five years old to, to right now to about 26, 25. And, and they go through all my experiences. Uh, most readers call every, actually every reader who has read my book and I've had about 10 people read it so far. They've called it very emotional, um, a very good book. So you, you go through my emotions, you see through my eyes and you go through my experiences in chronological order. So, Armand, I think maybe you need to start a page or something on Facebook just dedicated to the book so that you can, uh, what do I want to say, get people to like it or show interest in it. And then you can show your publisher and say, look, 
342,000 people <laughs> want this, right. you know. Right, right, right. right. When we... Yeah, the agent, yeah, yeah, because he hasn't got around to reading it. And I think, you know, part of the, the is that people, you know, a lot of people, they, they look at me, and, and I get this a lot, you know, a lot of people treat me like I'm someone that doesn't understand writing. And it's understandable because a lot of people who write their first book, you know, you have to prove yourself, and, and most people won't give you the time of day. But I really pushed myself. I really took the time. I really, you know, like I said, about an average of, of a week per page. I really edited it, re-edited it. I've gone over over and over again. It's a really great book. People who, who read my blog and YouTube are, are nothing in comparison because, like I said, I take it maybe an hour. You know, an hour versus a week is a tremendous difference. So you read my blogs and YouTube and like that, you're, people are, if you, you're going to be really impressed when you see my book. Oh, it's we really can't wait till it comes I out. I know. I hope we see it soon. <laughs> I hope we see it soon. I hope that um, agent reads it soon. He should. Yes. But through yes. your use of numerous types of media, what is the main message you want to deliver to persons with autism and those without? The main message that I want to deliver is that everyone is unique and autism, it definitely does impact someone, even impacts me still today in many different ways, but it, there's still that choice to to really allow it to bring you down or to to work with it and to push yourself it's it is hard you know anything that any obstacle that and I guess that's my message is that you can overcome obstacles and it's not necessarily going to be easy but it, it's your you it's either either you live the life you want to live or you allow life to crush you down and I guess in terms of autism, I just want the, the parents to understand that their child is, um, is unique and just because they have autism doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to not do something incredible in their life because there, there are many people even who are severely impacted who've done a lot of great things that have autism. Temple Grandin has achieved a lot with the animals and even autism as well. There's a, you know, there was a lot of people of autism who have written books. And I, I think a lot of achievements can come about from people of autism. And, and there have been a lot of achievements with people of autism. So there's a lot of good in autism. Yes, there is. Well, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Yeah, thank you, Armand. It was a pleasure to finally meet you. And now now he's got me even more intrigued with the um, the Language of Autism series on YouTube also. So I'm going to have to look that one up as, as well as his regular videos. But I, I would encourage people to look at them. He's a very pleasant young man. He presents very well on video. Uh, he's sincere. And you can tell that what he's telling you comes from his experience and comes from the heart. And I think it's a really good series to learn. Like he says, he's touched on over 400 different, you know, subjects. And like he said, some of them are pretty personal. I mean, he's a 25 year old guy. He's telling us, you know, when he was in fifth grade, he peed his pants, but that can help us, you know, that can help teachers to understand why, especially even like my Joey constantly asking to go to the bathroom 
and they put him on a schedule. No, you can only go three or four times. I said, look, there has to be a reason the child is asking to go. Oh, well, we think he's doing it to get out of work. I said, I don't think he is. You know, so they need to listen to what Armand is saying and know that uh, it's not always an escape mechanism. Well, it's great that you've become such a great advocate for autism through your own experiences. I'd like to say have a good night, Armin. Thank you. Take care now. Yes, thank you. You too. Well, I'm, I have one random story that I'm going to share, um, and it's called Teaching Children How to Explore and Express Emotions, and this is out of Los Angeles. I'm on the wrong one. Okay, it says, each of the 24 emote characters represents a different emotion. Oh, I'm sorry, emotes, a series of children's books and comics co-authored by Silver Lake's licensed psychotherapist, Matt Casper, are designed to help kids understand and talk about their emotions and feelings. Each of the 24 emote characters represents a different emotion and therefore becomes a mirror of a child's own emotions. You could find that news story in our show notes. Um, I also wanted to add that speaking of teaching our children how to express emotions, if you have the time, you could take construction paper and make emotion picture cards in the form of what would usually look like a yellow smiley face. So get some yellow car, um, construction paper or even poster paper and change the expressions on the smiley face, then laminate them, then lay them out on the floor, get a bean bag and toss the bean bag at the cards and whichever emotion the bean bag lands on, the player has to express what makes them angry, happy, scared, etc. For instance, if I landed on a happy face, I might say doing this podcast makes me happy. That's, that's just a little, you know, to help to, to help teach your children how to explore and express their emotions. Um, also with those books that, that definitely help out too. So Pam, how was your week? I'm on the mute because we're like in semi meltdown. It's been a bad week already. Poor Joey's YouTube channel got shut down. Not oh, by boy. me, by YouTube. And that is like the thing he lives for. So he's having a very difficult time understanding why it happened, why mommy can't fix it, and help me, mom. And there's, you know, there's nothing I can do. We have to start over, as you can hear. So uh, it's been a couple days in in a bad place, and I don't know what we'll do. I guess we'll just have to let it run its course. But anyway, you know, I, I can't say much more than than that at the at the moment. Uh, it was an inevitability uh, because I've seen it happen to other kids with YouTube channels that the powers that be that have all the money and, you know, Viacom doesn't like it when you when you record their SpongeBob, so they pull the plug on you, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but it's hard for him to understand why and why I cannot correct the situation for him. So it's going to be hell. So how was your week? So, well, we went to Mystic Aquarium last Wednesday, and I don't know who's been messing with my show notes, but it says where Mystic Pizza took place. You know that movie with Julia Roberts in it? <laughs> I think Garrett, I think uh, Corey's messing with me. Garrett was excited to go, but not very nice in the car ride. Um, my sister was up from Florida, and my sister and I took the kids, the three kids, her daughter, my two, to Mystic uh, aquarium last Wednesday and Garrett complained the entire car ride that McKenna was bothering him 
she was she wasn't even sitting next to him she was she was on the other side of the car no matter what she did it annoyed him he was yelling screaming throwing shoes my sister was like if you're gonna throw your shoes i'm gonna let you out of this car and finally we make it to mystic aquarium and he's happier than a pig in poo we got to pet uh we got to pet um stingrays we got to pet sharks we got to look at all the different kinds of jellyfish all the different kinds of fish it was wonderful he had such a blast we get back in the car to come come back he's like same thing he was just feeding off of her her hyperness and he was he was just, he just couldn't handle the fact that, I don't know, he just was overwhelmed or sensory overloaded or whatever. My sister ended up having to pull the car over to the side of the road and yell at all three of them. <laughs> She's like, I can't concentrate driving yeah, if you're going to be exactly, like this. Exactly. I'm about you ready know? to pull over now and I'm not driving. I'm just sitting and in the dining room. I've come to the conclusion that Cassidy has serious anxiety, some sort of serious anxiety anxiety disorder. Because when we go out to places she's unfamiliar with, last week at the aquarium, she was afraid we would lose her at the aquarium. She held on to me like you wouldn't believe, wouldn't let go of my hand and kept telling Garrett to come back when he would go to look at the different displays. She and my sister and my niece went to the bathroom and Garrett and I stayed downstairs and walked around about looking at the different displays. And she had a meltdown because we weren't in the exact place that they left us when with when they came back. Um, she started camp yesterday. Um, initially, she was anxiety riddled about it. But when we got there, she didn't want me to leave. But at the end of the day, she had she said she had a great time and she had another great time today. Um, Garrett had his psyche valve today. He is now going to be put on Respiridone to help with his moods. <laughs> We're trying it out for a while to see how it how he does on it. I'm hoping it will help. Um, and hoping the some of the side effects, you know, he doesn't get. Um, it's not fair to him to be moody like that and not be able to identify why it's not fair to the rest of the family for him to be in these moods and go and hitting people and saying he wants to kill himself and saying things like I hate everything I hate myself I'm a jerk calling himself names hurting himself banging his head it's just not fair to him so if this is something that helps then great if it's something that he ends up with a lot of side effects then we might try something different. Um, let's see. We went to Lake Compounds Amusement Park today with the kids. And Cassidy did the same thing she did last week. Anxiety riddled that I would leave her if she's not next to me 100% of the time. And she needed reassurance constantly that I would be where I was standing the whole time while they were they played in Pirate Bay, the water pool that's, simu that's like a simulated ocean feel. In addition to her constant agonizing over whether or not she could go on the ride she wanted to go on. I had to explain that I had a timer set and once the timer goes off, we were done. But honestly, I was afraid to let her go on <laughs> what I consider the big kid rides. What I consider a big kid is a teenager. They were scary for me. Maybe next time. But they did go on some rides. They got to play in the water park. And we have a season pass. So we can go back tomorrow for an hour and a half after she gets out of camp. We can go back on uh, Thursday. You know, 
I thought I'd bring Garrett tomorrow morning after he has his dental appointment, you know. So we'll we'll see what happens. So season pass is already halfway paid for because basically the a season pass covers two visits, but you go for the whole season. So you go two visits, it's totally paid for. It's paid for itself. But anyway, I'd like to thank you, Pam, for being on the show with me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not more vocal. I'm just on the I mute know here. you're mute. I know. That's it's okay. Just, I'm mute. I wish I was mute. <laughs> I wish I was deaf, too. I shouldn't say that. That's horrible. But, I mean. It's just been a heck of a week. I mean, I know. I thought when camp started, things would. We have some issue with this kid at camp that likes to sing the SpongeBob theme song. And, and I mean, it's okay. Who doesn't, you know? But Joey can't stand it. So it's like four days out of five, I pick him up at quitting time, and he's like full blown meltdown because this other kid's singing. And I'm like, so today I went at two thirty. I said, I'm here to pick him up. <laughs> You know, I know because you. because the other kid seems to have it down to like the minute, you know, like right when quitting time is. So I thought, okay, I'll pull the rug out from under him. I'm going to I'm going earlier, you know, to pick him up, which seemed to work until until we got home and realized that you know there's no fixing the the YouTube problem. So we'll just it, it'll be a learning experience, I guess. You have to look at it that way, you know. So I'll be here. So- Great. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> next week we'll be talking with Tara Washburn, an adult on the spectrum, who writes that blog that I that's going to be in the show notes. Um, uh, that is now available in the show notes. Um, anyway, our website is autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our Twitter is sayitprods. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash autismwarriors and facebook.com backslash sayitproductions. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. We can also be found on iTunes. Don't forget to go to iTunes to rate and review our show. If you go to sayitproductions.com and click on the donate button, see all the ways in which you can help us build our um, production company. Catch us live at 8 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the Autism Warriors podcast. See you next week.